When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Conduits of trouble time, which means it's Zolgad in my weekly discussion with my good friend, Star Tribune sports columnist Chip Scoggins, who I sat by at Target Field last night for that torturous affair. Uh, so, Chipper, you you wrote about the Donaldson coil kerfuffle and or coal mm-hmm. kerfuffle and all of the tentacles that went around with uh, Josh calling out Garrett for doctoring baseballs, potentially blah, blah, blah. My advice to Josh, and he's certainly a savvy veteran, so he doesn't need my advice, but my advice to Josh is if you're going to accuse somebody basically of cheating, you got to back it up better than I think he was 0 for 3 against Garrett Cole with two strikeouts. And um, and Garrett had the last laugh at one point, I believe, after the first strikeout, he grabbed the bill of his cap. So mm-hmm. as if to say, yeah, you think there's something on my cap now, buddy? So a bit disappointing because I had my popcorn out for that. Yeah, and I, uh, the second one, I think he gave uh, probably about, what, a three-second stare into the Twins' dugout after the second strikeout. Um, I think. Cole hit a hundred on his fastball on that on that first at bat, which is more than uh, I think Doe or somebody had tweeted out that was his third fastest pitch of the year. So I think he was a little amped up for, for that at bat. And I, I was on his Zoom post game, and uh, he didn't take the bait. You know, he wasn't going to get into a more war uh, war of words. Um, he basically said. Donaldson is a former MVP, and that's a you know I'm just trying to get a big out there, and you know he pretty much uh, tap danced around all the questions about substances and didn't really say anything inflammatory. But you know, you could tell he was amped up even more than he normally is. Mm-hmm. He he looked like a guy who was angry last night, mm-hmm. um, and he and, you know I think he probably always pitches that way, but you could tell he just had a little extra, and that's the thing. I, I was reading something in New York. Um, papers that the post headline today was stick that <laughs> with a picture. I love the post. Donaldson. Love the hammerhead. I know, uh, but they were they were tracking his his spin rate, his RPMs on on his ball, and they were down on all but I think his curveball um, was about normal, but the other pitches were the spin rate was a little bit down, maybe not as much as the other ones, but um, he proved again that he's pretty darn good with or without sticky stuff on his on uh on the ball yeah and look what josh did 
I love because it, yeah. it's great fodder and it's great fun for us and it makes it more in- interesting. It's, it was just very disappointing that it was so feeble with, with the at-bats. I thought it would at least look more competitive and what? He struck out, struck out, and I think he popped him up. The interesting thing, Chipper, I think he popped Josh up in the last uh, time Cole faced Donaldson. Yeah. Popped him yeah. up to right field. And did you see... It was clear Cole came towards the first baseline as Josh ran down it, and I don't know if he was curious if Donaldson was going to say something to him or what. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't notice that. But he walked towards the first baseline, and it wasn't like a confrontational. I don't think he was saying a thing, but something was – It was. I think he wanted to give Josh the chance to say something. Anticipation that maybe he would. Yeah, I didn't notice that. I was just kind of watching the fly of the ball, so I didn't pay attention to where Cole was going. But um, it was – you know what, Judd? In a bad season like that, that was kind of a nice respite, you know. Have a little, have a little drama, and something interesting. And and the thing is, I, you know, I'm probably, I'm sure it probably rubs some people the wrong way, and fans, some fans don't like it. What do we always say about athletes? Oh, they're boring. They never say anything. Well, the Twins finally have a guy who's not afraid to put his opinion out there, and I, I appreciate about that about him. And we were talking about this, you and I, at the game yesterday. Is like it's too bad that we have not been allowed to get into the clubhouse because I think he would sound off on some things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not to hold back. Because um, it was interesting when we were down on the field yesterday during batting practice and Dustin Morse or somebody had said that, you know, Josh wants to talk again. And I was thinking he was going to be like almost like backtrack a little bit because we've seen that before. Like, hey, I regret, you know, that I used his name or whatever. And it, it was not that. <laughs> He doubled down on it and said, I don't regret anything. Now, he did say uh, that Cole just happened to be the first pitcher that uh, pitched after those suspensions, and he saw the things. He said, yeah, there's subsequently been at least 12 other pitchers who've seen their spin race go down, which he said magically <laughs> decreased. I read the quotes. Yeah, they were great. <laughs> sarcastic. Well, get out. Um, but he, you know what? I, I like the fact that he's not afraid to say what's on his mind. And we go back to last year, and I kind of ripped him for the uh, the antics that he did where he kicked the dirt after the home run. But his point about the uh, the umpires, he's he the thing is, Judd, he's not afraid of retaliation or blowback. You know, he I doesn't mean, care. You're right because the umpires going to say, "Okay, you think we were screwing you over now? All right, we'll keep that in the back of our mind." He just, you know, a lot of guys. I think it probably helped that you're a veteran who's won an MVP, so you have a little more platform to do that. But um, I appreciate the fact that he's not afraid to say things. Yeah, and I'm I am curious, Chipper, what's going through his mind too, just with the state of this team? Because I mean, he signed here as a final piece to a playoff puzzle, right? I mean, he signed mm-hmm. here and was joining what you know, coming off 2019, had set the home run record, incredibly competitive club. I would love to know what's going through his mind now as an aging player who's, you know, well-paid, that's not an issue, but who sort of just yeah. stuck here in this in this situation where we really can't tell where this team is going now. Yeah, and it hasn't worked out team-wise or individually either. I mean, he has not been what mm-hmm. you thought he was going to be, you know. Um, and so, yeah, it's hard to know kind of where his mind is in terms of how he views all this because we just don't have a lot of access to him. Um but yeah, I mean it's you know when when he signed with that big deal and you're thinking, boy, he's joining a pretty good lineup, and this lineup all you know, sudden gets you know deeper and better, and it just hasn't materialized, you know. Um, 
going back to that, Judd, how much do you think? Because I asked him, he said he's gotten calls or texts from fifteen, at least fifteen players from other teams. And I said, what are they saying? Like, finally, he's like, yeah, finally, someone spoke out about this. Um, it's hard to say, but how much do you you think it is that, and how much do you think it's just baseball now, where everybody's worrying about launch angles and home runs, and you know, the the approach on two strikes. I remember talking to. Uh, Jack Morris about this a couple of years ago. We did a project on the state of baseball, but just the approach on two strikes now versus what it was traditionally. Mm-hmm. Guys are still swinging for the fences. They don't shorten their swing. I mean, they don't. It's not about putting the ball in play. It's about still about trying to hit home runs with two strikes. Mm-hmm. How much do you think it is the pitching is you know whatever they're doing with the ball, the doctor to make the spin greater versus just hitters their approach right now. It's probably what I don't know if it's fifty fifty, but I think both of them are to blame, right? Yeah, but I think that's a very in-depth question because I think that gets at the heart of a few things. One is, when we were kids, there is no question that, you know, a guy like Gaylord Perry was scuffing up the baseball and probably certainly used Vaseline Vaseline, and jellies and stuff like that, okay? so And that's not a grip thing. That's a cheating thing. But we knew that, right? And and guys have pitchers since baseball started. Pitchers have tried to find advantages. Um, what I, I found to be incredibly interesting about the piece that SI did that I think came out last week on this yeah. t- topic, yeah. and and it sort of if the if the snowball was going downhill a little bit by then, it picked up full steam with that story. Where this is, crosses a line is it reads like you essentially have people inventing inventing mm-hmm. different substances for pitching. Um, and so I do think that it is – I do think that Donaldson and the people who are upset are right to be upset. Now, here's the problem, though. And, and like, this is where baseball is so screwed up, Chipper. 2019, there's no question, no matter what they say, the baseball was changed, right, to create yeah, offense. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And so the baseball's changed, and we start to see these home run rates that are ridiculous, and baseball's like, oh, home runs, yay. And I think pitchers said, screw this. We're going to find more ways to cheat. So then then baseball says, okay, let's come back and change the ball and deaden it some more. And so now they have and, – and guys like Donaldson are like, hold on a second here. The ball's dead and more, and guys are cheating like they – so mm-hmm. this is where baseball is to blame as well because they're altering the ball and they're changing things. And so the guy who's cheating now, it's just obvious he's cheating because it's become the year of the bleeping pitcher. And, you know, essentially, as, as you told me in the press box last night, the offensive statistics are cratering. Yeah. The batting averages yeah. are cratering. Yeah, it's uh, the league wide. It was going into yesterday. It was uh, two thirty seven, which was actually tied for the lowest. You know, if it stayed that way, tied for the lowest in the history of baseball. And then they're on the strikeout totals uh, is on on pace for the, the most strikeouts ever. And so, I a hundred percent agree with what you did. What you just said when we saw all those home runs now, now in two thousand nineteen. But but um, I asked Donaldson yesterday because Cole said. You know, when he didn't answer that yes-no question, he said, you know, for generations and customs and his passed down, I asked Donaldson that, and he said, he said, interesting, he said, because in 2017, you know, only four pitchers had the spin rate of 2,400 RPMs. Now it's the league average. So he thinks it really has become a widespread, basically everybody doing it with these crazy, you know, 
substances that scientists are coming up with or whatever um, since since about the last three, four, five years. Um, you're right. It, they've doctored baseballs forever probably. But just in terms of these really super sticky substances that they're getting, the fire tag or whatever, yes. um, he thinks that's a relatively new thing. But I, I'm sure the pitcher said, all right, you want to make those baseballs so they're launching out of – record home runs then we're gonna we're gonna combat that with what we can do and so baseball is probably at fault in helping create this monster a little bit by constantly tinkering with the ball and so um it'll be interesting to see the minor league punishment was it 10 games is that what i read Did yes caught with it? 10 games so i i and that's going to be the same that's, that's with the benchmark for yes mlb too, correct right? that's what they're going to do um, so you're talking about two starts yep um I think that's pretty punitive, right? I mean, I think that's that's fair. Uh, it needs to have some bite to it, um, so so you know there is some uh, feeling that this that punishment's harsh. But I'll be curious to see how much they crack down on it. Is it going to be like the old NFL where we're going to throw flags on pass interference a lot early on and then just kind of let it go, or yes. are they going to be just constantly, constantly checking guys? Um, you know, every starter, however, they, you know, they're not going to check every pitcher, I wouldn't think. And right? this has been let go, Chip, for how long, too? Oh, well, that's the thing. I mean, it's, you know. Well, even Rocco said yesterday, um, one of the New York writers asked him if, if he's going to be paying close attention to what Cole does, if he touches his hat or his hair or his arm or whatever. And he's like, we can't do that. I mean, come on, that's, there's so much going on that you can't possibly do that. He said, but, and we've heard this a lot in the last week, I guess there's a lot of pitchers that, are just blatantly obvious about it. don't even try to hide that they're doing something to the ball. Um, and so I would love to know, I mean, they all be, you know, players and managers are, are, you know, obviously know what it is, but I, I guess they're just rubbing it in their glove or something. I don't know, but they, they all know what they see it. They said, it's just, they don't even try to hide it anymore. So, right. Um, so I guess we're going to, it's going to get reined in somehow. Yeah. And the problem was that, Originally, so guys would use um, sunscreen or pine tar or, or take rosin, rosin and actually yeah. put it on their body, but but nobody cared because that was act that was to basically get a better grip on the ball. And yes, so it probably guys. yeah, yes, and it pro- guys, yeah. and it probably helped pitchers for sure. But it also, like you just said, meant that they didn't bean guys. Where and this is where Donaldson's right. Where it crossed the line was now. It's about, you know, these unbelievable spin rates and the ball diving and and doing things. And that's got nothing to do with control. That's got mm-hmm. everything to do with, with with if, you know, if the baseball was juiced, then I have to come back with something. And now it's not juiced. And so, yeah, I, baseball's created such such a mess, uh, Chip, of late with so many different things. And I will say this. When the results of whatever's going to happen in 2022 are done. So if we have a lockout, if we have a strike, um, when that's all done. And I think the only reason that Manfred is in office is for that. I I think Manfred is the owner's answer to Gary Bettman, which is we really don't care that you don't care about our league. We care about our bottom line. When, Mm -hmm. When that's finished, so let's say we lose a year, let's say we lose three months, I don't know. Um... I think you've got to get somebody that cares about the game back in there because 
It's just really clear right now that the people that run this sport in the most influential positions do not put the actual health of the game above the the financial aspect of can we try and break the players? Yeah, I agree. And and this kind of I, I believe this came up last night in the Zoom with Cole. How much do you think that this situation? I mean, there's a little bit of infighting, right, with players now and competing. Do you think that'll factor in to this labor, you know, what's going on where you have, when you're talking about rules and different things that you have, you know, half of your workforce is mad at the other half. And that's what the owners want. They're probably smiling. They want, yes, yes. This is the the goal, the goal and, and the poster child for this is football. The goal is create dissension within the players association, right? Yeah. Because that's chaos then. And mm-hmm. and nobody does that like football does. <laughs> yeah. The players' association in football is is you know pardon my French a damn mess almost yeah. all the time. So if you now have players upset at each other, it's mm-hmm. ideal. It's ideal because then you've got part of the workforce being like, well, I mean, I can't afford to lose paychecks, right? I can't yeah. afford to lose a paycheck, and that is music to the ears of the commissioner and the owners. And it is interesting that the guy who has a $324 million contract has become the face of this thing. Mm-hmm. And and part of it is because of Trevor Bowers called him out and then the, the text message that he sent to the clubhouse guy. But, um, you know, Donaldson said it was it just happened to be because he was the first pitcher after the suspensions, but I do wonder if there's something more to it that, you know, pick the most high-profile guy that you, that you can. Um, and, you know... He's he's absolutely become the face of this mess. So, but I, I you know when push comes to shove and they're bargaining and trying to you know get stuff for the whole group, I would think that you know any kind of issues they have like this, you know, will be put to the side because, um, you know, it seems like baseball is going to the owners will dig in their heels and. Um, and Manfred doesn't care about being popular. No, <laughs> or the game. Or, or the game. Yep. I don't know if he cares about. I don't even know if he likes the game, and he certainly doesn't care about making popular decisions. So, um, I think a lot of people just just you know we're heading for a work stoppage. You know, in your which opinion, is, which is going to be bad, Judd, because yeah. what is the what is the narrative right now about baseball? It's awful product, right? That's what everybody's saying. It's boring, the strikeouts and all that, and so you're you're putting an awful product out there mm-hmm. and then you're going to have a work stoppage. Yeah. Good luck with that. Oh, it's a mess. It's well, I, and I mean, to, to go back to your kids, your kids yeah. don't care when they're playing. No. So like, no. like if they're gone, your kids are going to be like, oh, I don't care. And people like us are going, we're, we're the ones who are finally going to turn and be like, you know, if you don't care that much, I mean, fans, fans, our age are going to just start to be like, screw it. And, and, mm-hmm. People forget now, but when this sport came back after the after the end of the season um, strike in '94 and lost the World Series, there were empty stadiums. People were oh, mad. Yeah. People didn't go back. And what saved baseball, ironically enough, I guess now was steroids. Steroids, steroids saved it. Steroids right. saved that. You know, people were pissed. Ballparks were empty. People were protesting. And what saved it was two things: the Ripken streak, because yeah. that was huge. The Ripken yeah. streak so, sort of brought us back to, oh, man, it's special, Lou Gehrig, baseball, baseball, baseball. And then steroids, the summer of 98, went from 
oh yeah, I'll watch the game tonight too. Oh my God, I've got to watch the game tonight. And that, and that, I wrote just a, a sentence about that today. That don't you think that era changed us as sports fans and viewers in terms of our naivety about cheating? Because I remember, yes, yes, I remember. I covered uh, what was the uh, was it two thousand um, three when the Twins played the uh, Angels in the in the ALCS. When was that? Two thousand two. Two thousand two. Yeah, and I so I, I was covering the um, the Giants Cardinals uh, NLCS it, just in anticipation of back when newspapers did those kind of things. Uh, in case they got to the World Series, and it was the Bonds year, and I remember watching him take batting practice, and we we're all like, you know, God, you know, like starstruck, like this is amazing. How can a guy hit it this far? You know, and we all just kind of fell hook, line, and sinker for that, you know. And I think I do think that error changed. So now I just, it's probably, you know, not the best way to look at things, but now I just assume everybody cheats. <laughs> I was like, you're right, not everybody, but there, you know, that's just you just sort of think if something amazing happens you're like eh, is that authentic or is there something else going on here you you're know? right you're right well and i mean why in retrospect how did we not because i i was in the summer of 98 i think i was 28 so i mean certainly not a kid how did we not look at these guys becoming cartoon characters and question it more like i remember being like oh this is awesome that steroids, though, Jed? i don't know but like they're Bonds' head got bigger, and I never I like know. thought to myself, "That's odd that Bonds' head is huge." I guess I, and like I said, it's probably my own naivety and just ignorance. But I, I don't think I ever really thought much about steroids. I mean, Murph's head then. was never that big. D- Dale Murphy's yeah. head never got no. that big. Biceps never got that big, Chipper. No, no. It's, but we just didn't ask enough questions or, or have enough skepticism in us. Um, we do now. You know, You're right. we definitely do now. So maybe that's the one good thing that came out of it. Nothing shocks us, I don't think, in sports now yeah, as far as, you know, no. trash can banging. It, it might piss you off, but it doesn't shock you. Um, yeah. All right. Next Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, mandatory Vikings mini camp begins. Mm-hmm. What is your expectation as far as Daniil Hunter showing up or not? And, and how much do you think this is going to take us down the path of – of going from what a DEFCON, I, I think it goes DEFCON. Is DEFCON one? One is the, sm- the highest, like that's the most severe, right? Okay, yeah. so yeah. so I'd say right now we're at DEFCON, like let's say four, because I mean he hasn't showed up for OTAs, yeah. but we really don't know a lot. Uh, where will your DEFCON be at if Daniil Hunter is not there, and then forfeiting ninety some odd thousand dollars, I believe, by not taking part in the one mandatory camp of the off season. Well, I'll say this. I'll start this by saying I've done no reporting on it. So anything I say is just purely guessing. You know, I, I, I dude, you come to the right place, okay? Yeah, I, I have not talked to anyone. Wait, wait, Chip, hold on a second. Hold on. <laughs> Reckless speculation. Okay, now go. <laughs> um, I guess I, I would probably, if I had to lay down money, I would lay down money that he's not there. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's the best way to get you a contract to make, let him know that you're unhappy. If he's not there, I think it's still, for me, a DEFCON 3 or 4. Maybe a step up. It's definitely not DEFCON 1 because the season's not here. Yes. Um, it's not even training camp that he's holding out. And we know that there's a track record to getting guys done with Brzezinski and Spillman and even going right up to the season. So, um, to me, DEFCON 1 would not be until the morning of the opener if he's not 
dressed and on the field and ready to go. That that's when you, you have DEFCON one. Um, now it will, I think it will obviously be a big talker and it will move the uh, needle a little bit in terms of, all right, guys, you can hide behind the fact that, uh, or you can just ignore, not talk about publicly that he's upset with his contract. Well, when a guy skips mandatory minicamp, it's obvious uh, yes. that he's mad. And that, that speaks more than anything any words you can do. So, um, so if he's not there, you know that you know he's mad at his contract, and and uh, they're gonna have to figure it out. But I wouldn't think that it's you know, oh my gosh, the sky's falling yet. Yeah, and I do think that he has the, the thing that I, despite you know he's coming off next surgery. I think Chip, the one thing he has going for him for sure is this: the Vikings have done so much work to improve their defense, and and now the last time I checked the depth chart, they have eleven cornerbacks. Um, <laughs> Just one more. Just one more. We gotta have one. Zim says we gotta have one more. But I, I think the leverage that Daniil has for sure is the fact that if he threatens to hold out and follows through, you now don't have a right or left end um, defensive end who you know for certain can rush the quarterback, and like that goes a long way towards making the secondary's life a lot tougher if both of those spots are manned by guys who are question marks. Well, no, I mean it's. It, you know, he went healthy. He's what you're either your one or two best defenders. I mean, people might make the case for Kendricks, but um, so and everything hinges on and Zim's defense is what getting pressure from the outside and trying to do it with four men. And we saw what happened last year when you can't do that. <laughs> um, and so, no, I mean, this is he. Look, I mean, he has leverage. The team does too because he's coming off a neck injury and um, he's under contract for a couple more years. And so they can say, well, he's, you know, he's been injured and he, there's no pressure to, you know, do anything because he's under contract. But, um, but yeah, he, it's not like he's sitting there with no leverage because he's right. one of the premier pass rushers in the NFL. So um, it'll be interesting to see how they, I assume, just based on, you know, being around them, I'm sure they'll still try to minimize it or deflect it, you know, when they're of course they will. If and if and when that happens next week. Um it's no issue, Chip. But 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 they can't say it's voluntary. <laughs> you know. Here's the thing. If he does not show up, do they find him? Uh, you know what? If, you don't have to, right? It's not correct. You just have that at your disposal, but you yes. don't have to find him. I, um Yes, that's correct. I I can see it both ways because on the one hand you could say, you know what, that won't help the matter. Mm-hmm. But it also, you know, and, and life's not fair and everybody's not treated equally, but um, that is the one hammer that teams have. And you don't want a bunch of guys just saying, well, if, if I'm not going to get fined, I just won't, you know, they can find a nail, so they won't find me. You don't want that precedent to get set, you know. I think they will find him if he doesn't show up and they're not close to a contract. I think if they're close to a contract, they'll – They'll, they won't refute that they're finding him, but then they won't. Because yeah. I, yeah. I, but what we don't know, and what really has not been reported on right now is where they're at. So, like, we don't know has it turned contentious? Are the Vikings still the, the one thing that's going to be a real problem? And Doogie has brought this up for a few months now, but it sounds like the Hunter camp is shooting for the Joey Bosa contract with the Chargers. That's not happening. Exactly. Yeah. So, but I mean, if that, if that's what they're, if they've dug in on that chip, that's a real problem. 
Well, I, I understand you, you start there, you know, but right. I don't think that, I don't think that's realistic. I mean, that's twenty seven million, right? Yes. Um, yeah. And no, are, you're. I, I'm with you. What I'm saying is, we don't know where yeah, the hunter is, camp yeah. is because, yeah, it, if you start there, that's absolutely fine. If you start and end there, you got a problem. <laughs> then you do have a problem. Um, because, yeah, I mean, that would be more than doubling his, you know, what he's making now. And I just don't see that happening. But, you know, you might get him in the low 20s, right? Or so. I don't know how much uh, flexibility they have right now um, in the room. But you're right. It's been quiet. There's been no updates, right. really, you know? And, and right. you're sort of waiting to. Well, the only. That's, that's what's going to come next week is, you know, somebody's going to say, they're miles apart, you know? That, that's what you, you know? And then. Even then, that's just part of the. I mean, how many times have we been through that, Judd? Me and you have to be, you know, it's a just lot. part of the. Uh, it's part of the game. So I, even then, when you when I hear that, I just say, okay, that's four in the process of getting him signed. You know, it's it's like you have to play the game and go through these steps. I I still, I would find it hard to believe that they're not going to get something done with him and reach a point where you're like, all right, we got to trade him or, you know, do what they do with Diggs. I just, I, I don't think Zimmer's going to let him get to that point. I don't. Well, and that, that's, and that's the thing where you're a thousand percent right. So if, if Spielman ownership and Brzezinski are dug in, right? Like we will give Daniel this, but no more. Uh, the guy who's going to go, well, you know, I'm sort of with the Hunter camp is Zimmer, right? Yeah. Like that's the interesting thing because you don't do all of the work. I mean, this defense was atrocious, and for Zim, it was a complete embarrassment. You don't mm-hmm. do all of this roster construction work for Zim to come back and be like, yeah, you know what, we should play hardball. One, if they don't have a good year, he's probably fired. So he doesn't care if you pay Hunter in, you know, for the next 10 years. And mm-hmm. two, again, I come back to you don't have an edge rusher that you are certain of if he's not there. And yeah, if he is there and healthy, he, he is, to as far as you said, and you're right, one of the best in the league. Who starts on the other side at, right don't now? Know. I, That's the thing. I mean, we, still we don't know yet. Gonna, they tried to sign guys, but they didn't. I still feel like they're going to add somebody over there. You know, maybe that's uh, I don't know who's you know, available or will be available, but you, you feel like um, that still might be a area where they want to try to upgrade at. Um, if, you know, if it's better and gets – there's a cap casualty somewhere. Yeah. Um, but it'll be fascinating. Um, I don't know who Hunter's agent is and what the track record there. Um, probably should do more investigating on that to see kind of what their history is in terms of there have been holdouts or, you know, those type of things. Um, but, you know, they made it clear early on when when uh, Rappaport floated that last year that they were shooting for big money and um, yeah because they told him yeah exactly we you know and and the thing is is, is what do we say he's like number seventeen or something yes he's seventeen average salary on on pass rushers I mean that's got to be addressed and, and I know fans will say well he signed his contract and he has his term left but that's that's not how it works. I mean, when, when guys outperform the contract, they typically readjust it. Teams do that, you know? Yes. Um, and so it, I, I, I'll go back to, and I'll stand by it. I'll be shocked if it's not done. 
um, before the season opener. Did, did you happen to catch um, any of the Kirk Conference Zoom call that he did with the media on Wednesday? I didn't. I was at the Twins, um, and I just saw some tweets about it, but I haven't gone back and, and watched the replay of it. Anything you, interesting or good? Yes, tonight? yes. And I'm curious if this surprises you at, at all. Uh, Kirk talked about the fact that he went back and watched the film the entirety of his entire career as a National Football League quarterback for the first time, which I found to be, for a guy that anal and into the details, he's never gone back and watched it. He's never gone back and like like he's gone back and watched games for sure, but he's never reviewed his entire career and broken wow. down the film and, and he did that, which I find to be an interesting admission from a guy who I would have thought did that every off season. I would, yeah, that 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 does surprise me. Um, I thought that would just sort of be standard thing that every quarterback did, you know, review every cut up and thing from the entire season. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Like his I entire mean, career, he went back and said, and. and he didn't talk too much about exactly what he had learned, but the one thing he brought up that I found really intriguing, and this explains some things, he brought up the fact that he has realized that every receiver is not the same. And so so he, he uh, drew comparisons between how Pierre Garçon in Washington ran routes, Deshaun Jackson in Washington, and Thielen here, which to mm-hmm. me explains the 2018 um, sort of blow-up yeah, that was caught. Yeah where Kirk's yeah. trying to show him what Thielen should have done, and Thielen is clearly correcting him as being like, no, this is what I do. Um, that struck me as really interesting because my thought process is this. Quarterback needs to adjust to his players. They don't need to adjust to him. But like, yeah. but I'm really curious to see if this pays off and helps, if it does nothing, because I would have just thought at some point in time that this guy had sat down and, you know, gone back and basically watched. Because it's, like it's not like you sit through commercials now. You just go yeah. back and watch your snaps. Well, you watch it. Yeah, and they can cut that stuff up. And exactly. I, w- I wonder what the the reasoning was for that. I wonder if he's looking for something. Um, or, I mean, it couldn't be just curiosity. I mean, I wonder if there's something that he's trying to – figure out or well, that's, something yeah i think know. he's trying to figure out a few things and and i actually wrote about this on our scorenorth.com website my first takeaway or my first thought was this i wonder if he's trying to especially the last two years look at his starts because his starts the first four games of 2019 he was not that good yeah and the first six games of last year was a disaster i think he threw 10 picks and then he threw three picks the rest of the year because that's the the one thing this team can't afford is a kirk yeah. cousins bad start well yeah i mean you remember the disastrous game where he uh who was it was it the falcons yes falcons the, three the picks the first half. and then, remember after that we're thinking how are you gonna come back from this i mean this is it you know i mean and then he plays really well down the stretch and you know and stretches and um you're right they cannot afford another one of those you mm-hmm. know i mean the the bad starts and then trying to dig out of a hole that's just that's a hard way to to live um yeah that, that's that's interesting i i would have thought that that would just been part of his normal annual off-season routine right that all right let's break down everything Every drop back that I had. Yes, especially you know. with him, because, I mean, yes. he is Mr. Meticulous. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's the way he talks and you hear about his preparation. I just assume that that 
you would do that 20 times in off season, go through every game. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I guess it's good to hear if you're the Vikings that, you know, maybe he's, he'll glean something from that. Maybe he'll help him. Um, you know, I think any kind of preparation is never a bad thing, but it still comes down to heat of the moment, man. Oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. <laughs> what are you going to do in the heat of the moment? So, um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, I think the offense is going to be pretty darn good. You know, it should I, be. I think, I think the offensive line is going to be better. Obviously, the you know you got some really really high end skill players, and I think the tight ends are are good. So I I I don't doubt that that offense is going to put up a lot of points. I think it, it can be a top ten scoring offense, or should be. I think that, that could. I think it should be a top ten scoring offense. It absolutely should be. All right, Chipper. I'll talk to you next week. Okay. All righty, brother. We'll see you. Talk to you. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.